Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. Well, did you want to talk about this article, The Problem with Remote Work? Pretty bold title. Perfect. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So what I appreciated about this article, you know, quick baby title and all is that the problems that it points out with remote work, things like younger employees joining the company or new employees joining the company, kind of missing some of that onboarding or like any of the office culture kind of observational benefits, or, you know, they point out, um, you know, things like innovation, you know, new ideas, uh, potentially suffering. The thing I appreciated about this article is that they really used a lot of research examples or, you know, studies that different companies had done to sort of back up some of those claims and assumptions. Um, and one actually that really, struck me was this study that Microsoft had done in 2020 to see how the pandemic had changed its work culture. So they went through 60,000 employees anonymized messages and chats, and they found that although messages kind of skyrocketed, um, most of them were sent within teams, and there was less information sharing between groups. Um, and I thought that was really interesting and something that sort of resonated with me that even though, you know, comms volume over tools like Teams and Slack definitely went up, uh, especially at the beginning of the, you know, rush to work from home, that sort of that cross-team collaboration was maybe suffered for that was one of the first things to sort of go. Yeah, explain that last that last thing again. I didn't really understand that. Yeah, so so what they found was that the number of messages that were sent between within teams grew, but in between groups uh, plummeted. So if you think about like a product team, for example, the messages within the product team grew, but messages outside of that went down. Yeah, I can, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. And, and I think it's a conscious effort thing. And and I think that's something that over time you build experience in. And maybe that's why I like working from home, working remotely, let's say any anywhere, any device, any time. Because I've you know, I've got that experience of you have to reach out to people, you have to talk to other teams, you have to have a regular cadence. Um, and that's that's why I, I like the con- the concept of a, of a synchronizer, because one of the key things you've got to do when everyone's working remotely is make sure everyone's working on the right things at the right time. Um, and because you're usually dealing with multiple time zones, you have to ironically consider it as an asynchronous activity, not a synchronous activity. Um, so I'll give you an example. We run, um, I've got people across the world, all the way from Sydney um, now just to, to the east east coast of the United States and everywhere in between. 
and we run two different standups. One sort of, in, you know, and because I'm in the middle, I have a morning one and an afternoon one. Morning one being late in the day for Australia, India, and obviously morning for the UK. And then I have an afternoon one for the UK, which is the morning one for the US, really. Um, I also have people in those other time zones, India, Australia, that do tend to work later in the day, attend meetings later in the day, you know, sometimes up to midnight, their time, in order to just get cross-communication going because they've got to talk to someone in the US. You know, unless I'm flying them around, which has got its own issues, there's no way they're going to talk. Now, I can understand the the um, the growth in the Teams or, or Slack or whatever instant messaging chats because that's 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 a much better way than to send emails around. Um, and there's probably a presumption or assumption that if people are on Teams, there's more chance of, of a quicker response. I don't think that's necessarily the the, the, the win. I think the win more with with asynchronous com, uh, or persistent chat, really, which is what Teams gives you or Slack gives you, is that you can have, uh, and you think about this, and we'll talk about Teams because that's pro- primarily what I use, but but it's very similar in Slack. You have the concept of a um, a team inside of Teams, uh, which is, we've discussed this before, a terrible name for it. Um, so if you change the name from team to project or initiative, it makes more sense. Or program even program probably makes even better sense and inside those programs you have channels and those channels are related to initiatives so you know to, to make this really real we're building dex packs we have a program called connect which is to talk which is which is the, the grouping so everyone can talk to anyone we talk across the company and then inside connect we have channels for each each dex pack and all the conversations about that dex pack live inside that channel all the files that belong to um that dex pack live inside that channel all the other things that we use that tie into that we try and have them live in that channel now what's useful about that is one when some and, and this is where email is so bad um when someone sends you an email often they give you a subject that doesn't make any sense or they're replying on a thread about something and then it changes to something else. Now, only the really, I mean, it's not, this is not always the case, but this is what often happens. The nice thing about a chat is people go find the channel. They go, they'll have the conversation in the channel. And you can have the thread that lives inside that channel, like you'd have the email trail that lives inside an email, but you'd have that live inside the chat. And then someone that comes and goes or joins in, can look in that channel and they're not necessarily going to read through the entire text. They'll probably read the latest messages, you know, working backwards, but you can search that chat really easily. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can't search that email as easily, especially if you use Outlook. Outlook for Mac is terrible at search. It's probably the I'm worst search you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's, that's a really company, interesting point. Yeah. About, I think that's really valid about how uh, organizations organize those tools and how they, you know, decide to use them really informs how things like that will go. And it's interesting. One of the things I know I've been team, even with all its, you know, little quirks, I, I'm team teams over Slack. And I think one of the things I've noticed moving to an organization that primarily uses Slack for for chat is that I'm not going through and 
reading things and channels as much anymore or finding as much kind of depth of information where I feel like Teams is actually really good at compiling knowledge within channels and, and thrives and, and organizing it in a, um, in a way that fosters that. I don't know if it's more of a, a, a cultural thing or if it's partly the tooling, but I think it's partly the tooling. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely getting better. Uh, I think the tuning has helped in some respects, some, some uh, respects. Um, the thing that I appreciate as well is like, I don't need to be as, as a, as a manager or, or whatever, I don't have to be involved in every conversation. So with email, for example, I'd be copied on everything or copied on a lot of stuff. Now I've got to go read through 300 emails, you know, to, to see what's going on. And often you've got emails that are firing off and someone's replying out of sequence. Yeah. Kind of match that up. Now that's not to say the teams is any better. You know, there will be situations where someone will reply out of order as well, but it's very hard to do it out of order. You know what I mean? You've almost got to be typing exactly the same time to be out of order. Whereas they can, you know, if you reply and someone else replies, they can stop their reply, see their response, and then change what they're going to say. So that that's almost that friction actually helps. Um, the other thing which which I quite like, and all tools are doing this now, really, when you look at collaboration, is the mention, the at sign. Now, in the same way, you can mention someone in an email to bring their attention to it or put them in the to line, um, which which does help when it comes to some of the filtering rules. In teams, you only get drawn to that project or that initiative when you're mentioned. Otherwise, you go in there when you want to go have a look. And I think that's a big difference because we are so overloaded with information all the time. That helps. Um, just rounding out because I do need to drop off for, uh, for another meeting two minutes. The thing that I liked about this article and the synchronizer is that's really key to, to changing things up. And I think that we'll see how tools will change more and more and calls will change and day and the way people do their work will change over time we're still kind of in this dichotomy of the old way of working nine to five nine to six whatever it is and as companies become more and more comfortable and trustworthy of their employees that they're getting the work done you'll see less and less focus on on working in those periods but more and more asynchronous working and having the tools that help you to manage tasks um, and tie that back to to results. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Um, and I think we should actually maybe do a part two on the synchronizer. All right. You need to drop. Yeah. Let me sort this out. Thanks. I'll speak to you in a bit. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.